I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. As I'm talking, the sun is shining through your windows onto my bald pate. Yes, that's right. Is it an enjoyable experience? It's quite nice because it's sort of the first sun of spring, isn't it? It is a bit. It's been going back and forth. It's still bloody cold. Is it? I mean, does it? Is it nice to look at? Does it look cinematic? It does actually. Okay. Um, you know that uh, that classic shot uh, from the sort of nineteen fifties actress where there'd be a bar of light across her eyes. Yes. It's doing that, but only with your mouth. On my mouth, so yeah. more erotic. It's slightly more erotic than uh, old actresses, yeah. I'm now, for, for the audience listening, I'm now pursing my lips. You might be able to tell by my intonation. I am it's quite purse, hard to purse and talk, isn't it? I'm pursing <laughs> my <laughs> lips erotically. Erotically. It doesn't sound erotic, it sounds no. like all the opposite. In fact, it, in fact, ironically, if you say the word erotically whilst you erotically. do it... Erotically. It's very you unerotic. Like a Tory MP. Erotically. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get into a Tory impression. Erotically. So I expect when they do that, they have to dub the voice over afterwards. Yeah, they probably do. I must say, it's not erotic. Which is not erotic at all. And I expect you're trying it. I don't know why I'm talking about that nasally at the same time. No, but you can't help but do that. Um, we went to cinemas. We went to our respective cinemas um, to see some more films, which we're going to talk about. Uh, shall I go first with my... Yes, I, I've been talking first a lot lately, and I worry that people will be switching off. <laughs> so what? <laughs> You want more of my voice? Yes, in here? please. Okay. Well, I went to see a film. Uh, it's a bit of a. There wasn't much choice to go see things. They're still sort of putting out the Oscar nominees and yeah. winners to try and make a bit more cash with those. And very few people are trying to compete with that in the moment. But I went to see a film called The Witch because it's been getting good reviews. I knew very little about it. But um, it, it's just one of those that people go. Yes, yeah, good. It's good. It's, it's seen, a debut. It's an. It's the director's debut. I've seen the trailer for it. I'm yes. sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. What um, did you make of the trailer? Well, I, I've got an interesting point about making trailers. It's really hard to make a comedy trailer because you ruin the jokes yes. in it. But a horror trailer, oh, you it's... can make things look a lot more scary than they actually are. A lot of the yes. horror trailers are scarier than the the actual films. Yes. Why is that? 
Um, I guess because not knowing what's happening is scary. Um, so and just lots of sinister things with a bit of music yeah. that tells you the story just yeah. really quickly. Because I thought that from the trailer it looked like it could be really scary, but yeah. it might be rubbish. Well, th- this film is about um, a family in New England, which is in America, uh, in like 1630, the 17th century, and they get banished from a, a, a Puritan village for having a different view of Christ. They're a very religious family, but the the father of the family is like he believes something slightly different to the rest what of the year village. Did people first start settling in. America? Oh god, you're testing me there. I don't know. Like I always assumed probably fifteen hundreds. Really? Sixteen thirty it can't been there they can't have been there long then. Well uh James the First was king in sixteen oh five, so all the Tudors had already gone and the Tudors were the big colonial expanders, weren't they? Uh, it's a real I mean, gap in my welcome, knowledge there. <laughs> welcome to People <laughs> Guess History. Um, yeah, it's around colonial times, okay. right? But it's a bit later. Uh, so, you know, uh, New England is established, I guess. But um, so it's this husband and wife and they're four, five kids. So they've got some twins. They've got um, an older son, an older daughter um, and a baby. Is it like the comedy, 2.4 children? It's a 2.5 bit like children. that if they end up going into a harsh wilderness and are desperately trying to survive alone against the odds whilst all of their children die. Oh. <laughs> so, it's a, yeah, so it's the same. Very it's similar, very same. similar. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, um, they they try and make it out on their own and build this farm, but the crops fail and everything. And then, uh, whilst Thomason, who is the young girl, um, is looking after the baby... Uh, she's playing peekaboo with it, and she—it's literally for seconds. She closes her eyes and then opens them again, and the baby is gone. And uh, that is the sort of the incident that sends this family off into sort of cascade of despair, really. But it's about—it's it, an interesting mix because there is something in the forest, and it, the film is called *The Witch*, mm-hmm. so you can guess what it is. Yeah. Um, and it is very accurately written about fears of witches in the 17th century you know what what people believed they were capable of and what they would do and what they were motivated by and all of this but it's also equal part psychological thriller about this family's fear and paranoia and guilt and shame and all of this just feeding on itself and uh, destroying itself basically uh, out there in the wilderness when the true baddie is really the environment itself they just can't survive out there so it, it's very it's very bleak and incredibly well done the um the two adult actors who you may well know who play the the father and mother are ralph innocen who has got an incredible um northern accent he you may know him as finchie from the office but um he's the dad in this and he's brilliant and his wife is played by Kate Dickey who's in do Game they of Thrones. Speak in English accents. Yes, then? they do northern English accents. Okay. Um so Kate Dickey, do you watch Game of Thrones? She's do, 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 do. That's the one. Yes. She is the uh, queen of the the eerie We're up in the mountain with the moon door. Um Oh yes, I know you the know one. Her? She's got a very striking face. A very striking she? creepy look. She's been used for horror things now actually since Game of Thrones but so they're they're excellent and then the lead is actually the young girl 
um, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who is... Um, uh, she was born in England, but she lives in Florida. I think. Oh, but she's enjoying she, herself. Yeah, there. she's probably having a good time. But her northern accent's excellent as well, so I assume she's born from. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. They got the witch's tall and baby taken into the bloody woods. So like that. It's exactly like that. And this is just to give you all the other facts. I'm just quoting IMDb here, but it's by Robert Eggers. He's wrote and directed it, and this is his. Uh, debut. Um, I'm thinking of David Eggers as a writer, isn't he? Uh, possibly. Eggers. Eggers. I don't think I like that surname. It sounds like a sort of nickname, Eggers, doesn't Eggers. it? Eggers. Like a cricketer. Egg- it yeah. sounds like a cricketer. Eggers. Eggers. Oh, the guy he smells. He's a bloody good egg, so we call him Eggers. I imagine he, smell- he smells. He smells of eggs. He smells of so- cooked breakfast. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah. Oh, Eggers. Oh. Um, Have a shower, Eggers. <laughs> So, uh, basically, that's the story, and then it's what happens to this family. Um, You know, it's a really engaging, good piece. It's really well done. I think it's... For me, it slightly falls between two stools, in that the psychological drama is most of it. It's more psychological drama about a family not trusting one another than it is a horror film about a supernatural entity. Well, you're taking baby, then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um... And that is actually the bits that work best. So when it turns out there is a real witch and this stuff's happening, that feels almost like a cop-out because it would be a more powerful story if the family had just turned on each other because of their harsh situation, you know, and their own paranoia and fear. The Babadook's about paranoia, isn't it? Exactly, it it is. Um, And there aren't quite enough iconic... Uh, shots and scenes for you to, you know, for it truly to get under your skin. There's, there's, I, I would say two, maybe three at a push, but the rest of it is really well done and accurate. And the language of the time and the fears of the time and just their attitudes and it's all, you buy into it one hundred percent. I did leave the cinema going, what was the point of all that? Because it felt like a museum piece in that it was accurately about mm-hmm. fears people had 400 years ago. But I'm watching it now. I'm I'm not afraid of these things. No, you I don't need a cautionary tale about believing in witches. What are you scared of? Uh, oh, um, uh, what am I scared of? Uh, I'm scared of uh, getting into fights with unreasonable people that I can't then talk down. And then uh, then I'm scared of perhaps hurting them by defending myself and then the judicial process not siding with me. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's probably my principle. I told you I almost got st- stabbed, didn't I? For, for some no. Bloke, uh, last, last year before last, I saw some bloke dropping litter. Yeah. I thought, just chucking, not just, lo- he was walking along, just taking stuff a wrap about, just chucking loads of litter on the street, just throwing it. Yeah. And I said, pick it up. And he, he said, what do you say? And he came over and he starts saying, well, you st-? So he put his hand in his pocket like he had a knot, you know. Yeah, yeah. He put his hand, so I thought, I don't know if you've got an, an mm. what you if you have got a knife, or, you know, the, sorry, it's when I had to walk off in the end. Horrible. That is horrible. I mean, if I was to own a knife of that variety, I don't think yeah. I'd keep it in, like, a loose uh, pocket. He just did the thing it would easily fall in. out if, you know. You're I'm... saying I should have got into a fight with him. I think you should have risked it, Marion, and just run and bear-hugged him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but all I'm saying is that I think 
it's it's a really interesting piece. It's not quite a horror. It is a good psychological thriller, but it could have been more satisfying. It's as a debut. It, it's you know stunning, really. Is it a low budget film? Yeah, yeah, hugely so. It's one family in one location for the entire film. Outdoors, so it will have cost a bit to do. You know, it's outdoors mm. and in you know their threadbare sort of accommodation. You know, just a cabin basically. That's what you do. You make films set about really poor people. Yeah, and you don't have to barely clothe them, and just everything's made out of sticks. You, but because it's all filmed outside in the freezing cold, I mean, they would have had to, uh, you know. Well, I'm going to make a film about the refugees. Okay. And you just put make make your own sort of tent. Yeah. And do that. All right. Well, yeah. And well, you do that. Low budget. Yeah. So how are you going to make that interesting? Put a witch in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now that makes sense. Now. Yeah, it makes sense. Do you want a ticket um, for it? Yeah. What's it called? It is called um, Witch by the Sea. <laughs> Oh, it sounds. It sounds like you could actually start a franchise then. So, witch by the sea. Yeah. Witch in the house. Yeah. Witch on holiday in Spain. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think I have a title to my refugee witch <laughs> thing. Uh, we thought it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> Oh no! It's like carry on. Yeah. Thing, isn't it? Oh, the oh we thought it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you feel guilty? You feel guilty laughing. I do a bit. Why do you feel guilty? Um, well, I think it's more I feel guilty we've created something so poor. <laughs> poor men. Uh, put poor in terms of artistic merit. <laughs> I think it's quite good. I think it's up there with the film. Ring listeners will know. I reference the bombing man. Well, the bombing man's been in development hell for so long now. I'm starting to doubt it'll ever get made. Well, I should start up a Kickstarter page with bombing man. You really should. What would you do if you managed to get five million pounds to make the bombing man? Well, I make it, yeah. Sure, but I make a low budget one and keep four, panic mi- first. keep four million pounds. <laughs> that's very smart. Um, I'm sure that's what all the Hollywood people do. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I think I'd be lucky to get twenty pounds. Well, you never know. You never know. If you want to send him money... <laughs> no, 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 no. You you can do that on your own time. <laughs> you don't use our listeners for that. Don't misuse them. If you'd like to talk to Marek in private about the bombing man Hang and financing on. it... I've got another idea. Then follow him at Marek Larwood on Twitter. If you'd like to send us a poster... Yeah. How about that for oh, the bombing yeah, man? yeah, all right. Or um, which by the seaside... <laughs> Which it couldn't get any worse. Or, or it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> Fine, then email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Um, or you can share them with one another, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango. Um, well, that's The Witch. I, I enjoyed it. I would give it an eight, I think. Eight? Very yeah, high. yeah, yeah. It was the, the main girl as well. Uh, and your Taylor love is excellent. Joy. Joy. What did I say? Love. Yeah, they're similar, aren't they? Lovejoy. Uh, Lovejoy. Anya Lovejoy. Um, I wish they'd uh, make that into a film. She was really good. They were all really good, actually. All of them. It relies slightly heavily on child actors as well, but it gets away with it. Because, you know, the majority of the family are children. As long as um, they all die... Yeah, I'm not telling you. Guess what? What? It's time for... This! Um, some people are writing... 
So this is from Tim Mason. Does he say what voice he wants it in? No. Yes. What? A TV doctor explaining the seriousness of a mundane condition. Right. Well, you and I could play TV doctors, so it could just be... Yeah, I wish, I wish. Dear Marek, Buddy, David and special guest, please read this in the voice of a TV doctor explaining the seriousness of a mundane condition. Firstly, thank you for watching the films, so I don't have to. Being a father of two little people and commuting many miles, I rarely get the chance to watch any films, even at home, let alone the cinema. But I get the chance to listen to you both ramble entertainingly on about old-slash-new films. Star Wars is definitely better if it's the only film you have been to in over a year. <laughs> I can see that. All that said, I was sat with my wife watching Spectre with the baby asleep in the same room. The volume was turned down so as not to wake you wake him, which meant I was getting more and more confused about what was going on. I know, although not complex as it's bond, but sleep deprivation is a funny thing. We turned on the subtitles, and we started to pick up a bit more of the story. As the subtitles titled each character's words, it let slip a big plot spoiler about 30 minutes before it was finally revealed. Has this ever happened to you, or has technology trying to help ever caused you grief? Keep watching the films, Dr. Tim. From Exeter. A doctor? A doctor listens to this show, no less. A, a severely sleep-deprived doctor who, no, who doesn't watch films, but a doctor nonetheless. I mean, uh, he did make a type of a force. You could have been trying to write Mr. and put doctor. Yes, yes. I don't believe a real doctor will listen to this <laughs> show. Okay. I stopped that. I said, I don't believe a real doctor will listen to this show. Yeah. yeah. Um... <clears throat> Uh, I can guess what the subtitles were spoiling there on Spectre. Um, can we spoil a Spectre? Does it matter? I, mean, uh, I not... haven't seen it. Don't oh, spoil right, it. Fine. It, it's not even interesting. But um, y- yes, uh, technology spoiling things. Um, I remember uh, once in it's sort of a holiday home somewhere with my family. They had a video library. You know, oh. like one of these just things people have, old VHS. This was yeah. back in the day things people have left behind almost it feels like there's no there's no sort of rhyme or reason to the collection they've got there and there was a copy of pretty woman who said like, oh, i haven't seen that put that in and it was the um uh it was the described for the blind version of pretty woman oh wow really confusing when you're when you're young just what what's going on just like she gets out of a car and walks towards a building the man smiles at her it's all of this all the way through I um I did a play recently and they had a uh someone came in for the and did a just they had these boards up yeah um and they had sub even though it was a sort of kids play they had a subtitle version so they said what's happening yeah and what the animals and what we were, I had very few lines what we were saying but I just basically mess around and say <laughs> the, the lines <laughs> I say something different each each day. Yeah. Because it was pre-programmed and what I did when I was being normal. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was different. And so I said something and so the line came up <laughs> and I stopped and I looked at it because I messed around and read it out loud what she'd written. 
And then someone else in the cast, I've been reading, I've been reading it from the subtitles board like a joke. Said, yeah. It really looked like you were taking the piss out of dead people. Oh no! Did the kids like it though? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I've talked about this before. I mean, regular listeners will know there's not that much. We've done enough episodes of this. We will be repeating the same things. When I yeah, but I imagine generally the kind of person who listens to this hasn't got much of a long-term memory. Yeah. I mean, they're not doctors, are they? Well, apart from Tim, they're not <laughs> doctors. Um, it was Tim and not Tom, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I said this before, when I was watching The Killing uh, and um, The Bridge, yeah. and I was so used to uh, watching Nord Noirs and reading subtitles, I went to watch a film... And they'd left the subtitles on from the previous screenings. Right, this is yeah, the yeah. Odeon, Muswell Hill, now the Everyman, Muswell Hill, one of the worst run cinemas in the world. Um, and I didn't notice because I was so used to that. I was reading the subtitles and, and it was in English. Until <laughs> 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 about 20 minutes in, I thought, oh, this is English. I, I don't need to read yeah. it, I can watch their faces. Yeah. But in Happy Valley recently, where I talk about TV for a while, which is the greatest. British TV programme in modern times. I didn't know what to watch TV. Um, there'd been complaints. My nan stopped watching it. My girlfriend found it hard to watch because they mumble so much. Yeah, the, Imagine I, me I mumbling saw an article right. about that this morning. So she actually had the subtitles on to, so she could follow it. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why that is, where this mumbling thing's come from. And I wonder if it's... Thomas Hardy. You don't really, you get you get awards for it. You no, don't really it's not just much. from him. I, I think... I think it might be that uh, TV to film is now a far more fluid uh, ladder. You know, it's no longer frowned upon to be a TV actor. Therefore, people in television are auditioning for films. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when when your face is as big as a building, you have to keep everything so small, and therefore you simply don't have the articulation to be doing. You know, whereas in TV, more traditionally, you had more of a medium shot, and people could be a bit more bigger. And often they've come from theatre, so they can speak properly. It, the the theatre tradition is dying out, I think. So people are actually speaking more like people actually do. There's a lady in in this in a uh, Happy Valley who basically just she just well, goes close to the microphone. Just speaking in a whisper like that, like that. You could barely, yeah. hear, you could barely hear what she was saying. Barely moving her mouth. She was so gentle. You could so just, she's uh, thinking about her eyes so much. You see, don't doesn't do, want to blink. Don't do anything. You go like that when you're trying not to blink because you know the camera's really in your face. So if you're really focusing on not blinking, then you just sort of close don't, everything down and don't do anything. Moves. Don't do anything. Don't do anything at all. Don't do anything. Let the audience make it up for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll put subtitles on. That'll do it. Um, some people. Like writing letters. And one of those people is Benjamin Fletcher. What does he say? Preferably read in a French accent. Go on then. <clears throat> uh, I just need to get my guess in phrase. Bonjour, oui. Oh, oui, c'est vrai. <laughs> Do you feel fandango? Ah, it's terrible. I was recently listening to your back catalogue and stumbled across your horror review episode. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> in this, Daniel Ward mentions The Martyrs, a French horror film that was of particular interest to me as my wife is a big horror fan. Buddy's really got excited by this as well. And I was coerced into watching this a few years back. I can honestly say that I have never seen something so horrendous as this film. Sorry, Buddy's really getting involved. Yeah. 
What started Sorry. off as a seemingly run of the mill, if very gory revenge film, soon turns into something I can't unwatch. It would be great if you could discuss this film, as it's been a cause of fascination to me since I've seen it. I do wonder if it is as horrifying and distressing as I've initially thought of, but I've never been brave enough to rewatch it and I'd be very interested in your opinions on it. Anyway, thanks for the podcast and keep watching the films. I've heard of the Martyrs before, I think Daniel talked about it. And I oh, it didn't, sounds didn't, horrific. I quite enjoy that email of just like, I, I've been unable to unwatch it and it's really scarred my mind. I'd be interested in hearing what you guys think. I, 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 read, I don't want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I read your email and I thought, oh, I should watch it really. I thought, I just think this is the really wrong time for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, really tip you over yeah. the edge. <laughs> to watch this film. I uh, heard about it being uh, uh, horrific. Uh, it is... But yes, so it's basically about a young girl, I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, uh, has escaped from an abattoir where she was imprisoned and physically abused for a long period of time. And then she uh, is placed in an orphanage with another girl um, and then some other uh, horrific stuff happens. Well, I mean, I don't really know how to answer that email because we don't... <laughs> no, I mean, we don't really... I mean, yeah, not to reject your uh, suggestion entirely, Ben, but we don't really want to put ourselves through that. I it's mean, a bit like someone saying to a child, do you want to come around and see my puppies? <laughs> a bit like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have no real interest in seeing something that harrowing. But, um, yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, oh, well, should we get on to the... Um, yeah, what did you see this week? And why, Marek? Why? I went to see it because of the... Tr- um, I really enjoy it. My new favourite cinema is the Crouch and Picture House, which I'm a regular visitor to now. And they show uh, a lot of um, documentaries on Tuesdays and stuff like that. So I went to see Hitchcock Truffaut, which has got a cinema release. Hitchcock slash Truffaut. I don't know if it's Hitch- Hitchcock slash or Hitchcock. Hitchcock. What's it called with the two dots? Colon. Yeah. It's not going to be that because that would be Hitchcock. Uh, <laughs> subtitle Truffaut. He's not. He's not both men. It's Hitchcock. Hitchcock. I'm saying it now. You've got Hitchcock it off slash Truffaut, as in actor slash model. Uh, uh, I'm looking it up to see what it is. <laughs> yes, it is yeah. Hitchcock slash. It's harder to say than you think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So, this is a documentary about Hitchcock meeting Truffaut, right? Truffaut Uh, interviewing Hitchcock, in fact, isn't it? Famously, there was a a book, um, there was a series of interviews uh, that took place. um, uh, Francois Truffaut, uh, famous sort of French uh, new wave uh, director, he did things like Jules Edge, Jim, I've not seen any of his stuff. Um, apologies. Um, really sort of cool director. One of the it names of the sort of 1960s. Was a huge fan of Hitchcock. And what's interesting is that around that time, um, Hitchcock wasn't necessarily didn't have the respect uh, he has now. He was thought of a sort of B movie pop uh, director. Yeah, and. Um, Truffaut was a huge fan and wanted to do and wrote to him personally and Hitchcock wrote back and they agreed to meet up with a translator so there are these tapes and there's some brilliant photos um, in the film 
these lovely black and white photos of three people sitting round a table, uh, cigars, and the, and the late the translators smoking, and you hear these tapes of, uh, of them talking. And Hitchcock's got this wonderful voice. You know, just this sort of sort of almost like Churchill type yeah, sort yeah. of a voice only an overweight man who smokes can have. But it's wonderful to hear. It's like this very chocolatey tones. And you hear him talk. Um, and he sounds very charismatic. Is this really about... Uh, anyway, so I, I'm sort of going off. Truffaut wrote a book about this and explaining uh, Hitchcock's art form and doing shot-by-shot scenes of his famous moments in the film. Um, like from the birds, uh, rear window, vertigo, mm. uh, where he actually showed, you know, the actual the cutting sort of board almost on pages or how, how he did it and lots of young directors who had since become huge directors uh, like Martin Scorsese um, the, uh, David Fincher uh, who's the bloke who does the Royal Tenenbaums and Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson all you know got into films because yeah, of this yeah. book is what their dads had in the uh, in the, the cool dads had in their film libraries ever um I would say this is not. A, don't go and see this at cinema. <laughs> it's a TV documentary. Why has it got a cinema release? Do you think? I think what? because it's Hitchcock and Truth, because they're both great cinematographers, right? And it feels. It's. I really enjoyed it, and if you love film, you will enjoy this. But um, it's not especially. You have some nice shots from the films. It's, you don't need to go to the cinema, and it feels as though the interviews themselves and the books just bookend this documentary. And the middle section is a lot of directors just talking, uh, you know, yeah. um, what was it, Vox Pops, really, of, yeah, of, of yeah, directors. Yeah. It's not anything... There's no film footage of them having these interviews. Right. There's some old footage of Hitchcock, you know, because he never wanted to be a director. He worked his way up through the system. Well, it sounds like a sort of Sky Arts feature-length documentary. Yeah, I think you know, it is. That's... I think it's a good documentary uh, that is... Great for film lovers, and it's, it's wonderful seeing um, some Hitchcock's techniques. How he makes really small things the centre of the scenes. Mm. How he directs your eye onto uh, he, he creates mystery, like just you know, a woman walking down the street, and he's focusing on the handbag and moving back, so you know there's something in that handbag, yeah. and he does it so perfectly, and it seems so simple. And these shots have been copied by all these directors and things that he was doing that changed film. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get the credit for them because they become, you know, they become the trappings and tools of great directors now. So it's fascinating seeing how we took Hitchcock for granted. Oh, he's a brilliant man. He's he's great. He's really charismatic. Interesting to listen to. I found it really interesting. But I could have just watched this at home and not gone to the cinema. All right. All right. I give it six marks. So for film lovers, you'll find it interesting. But uh, is it a going to cinema piece? No. Yeah, it's it remind it's reminding me from your description of uh, Jodorowsky's Dune of just one of those documentaries, mostly vox pops about uh, an incredibly influential person in the world of cinema. And you go, if you're into it, it'll be really interesting. You do not need to see it in the cinema. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's uh, Hitchcock, Truffaut, and The Witch. If you would like to see either of those, if you have seen them or see them in the future, then why not get in touch and tell us what you thought. 
dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is the email address. And we do all of this for free, so if you've enjoyed the show and would like to help us continue doing it, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. Any and all donations are welcome, and everyone who has donated, you am the best. Hey, guess what? What's that? You know, last week I was talking about uh, my YouTube channel. Yeah. Telling people to click on the advert. That's right, yeah. On that day, yeah. I made a record £1.50. But I released uh, the podcast a day late last week. Oh, so... it was a Saturday then. <laughs> yeah. It was a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I made... <laughs> it was a Saturday, was it? Yeah, it was. It day was. After. Yeah, yeah, it was the day after. It, £1.50? Well, yeah. Wow, there you go. I presume, the system works. Thank you to our listeners... For clicking on the well, advert. You said you made one pence for each one. Are you suggesting 150 of our listeners followed your advice? I think, I'm, I, think I might have made more. Wow. Wow. It might have been 3p or 4p per... Well, if you would like to slowly but surely give Merrick maybe £5 in total, then keep going to uh, Big Potato Productions and clicking on the uh, advert links. Uh, yeah. We can... Uh... I just wanted to say thank you, that was all. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, we'll be back next week. I hope so. <laughs> Keep watching the, the films. films. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.